salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish, and we are coming up on the midnight hour here, Monday night. Just got finished watching the Monday night special. Came very close. It was an extraordinary game. I loved it. I didn't want to speak until this game was completely over because they had seven lead changes last night, Monday night, and the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> My goodness, the Tennessee Titans. Where do I begin with this team? I've I've knocked this team for so long. During the regular season, off season, during the summer. Now I, I didn't I didn't really rule out the Tennessee Titans as far as being contenders for this season. All I said was that the Colts was a better team than the Titans. And depending on what they get from Ryan Tannehill would be the deciding factor as to how well this team will perform moving forward into the 2021 season. And let me just say, we are a third of the way into the season. We are wrapping up week six of the regular season. And Tannehill and his Titans are tremendous. They sit alone in the AFC South at four and two. I would not have guessed it. I'm sorry. My bad, Tennessee. Shout out to you guys out. They played an extraordinary game against, I believe, the best team in the AFC and the Buffalo Bills. But the game was close. It came down to the last possession. It came down to fourth and one. Josh Allen tries to sneak it in for at least a yard. They were two yards out from a touchdown, and they lose on that play, 34-31. to Derrick Henry, what can I say about the man, the king? King Henry, Derrick Henry, runs for three touchdowns, as he normally does. It seems like it's on average now for this guy to run at least two touchdowns a game. He gives you three in a winning game against the Buffalo Bills. Exciting game. Exciting game. There's no better way to wrap up week six. But before I go further into week six, I want to show some major love to the WNBA. Shout out to the ladies, the lovely ladies of the WNBA that had a sensational season. Mind you, they played about maybe two thirds of the season because a third of the season they had to play in the Olympics. So they had to travel to Tokyo. These ladies come back and they still finish strong. Huge shout out to the Chicago Sky. The Chicago Sky are the WNBA champions of 2021. Their first title ever in its existence in its franchise. For those that might have been following the the WNBA and might have been following the finals, it was exciting. It was I, I, I might have missed maybe the first game. I, I apologize to WNBA for missing that first game. But we're talking about highlights all over. Ladies doing their work, hitting some big shots down the stretch. And game four might have been one of the better game fours that I've seen in WNBA history. I want to show some love to those ladies out there in Chicago for doing work. Candace Parker. Candace Parker, those that remember Candace Parker when she played with the Sparks, she was picked up as a free agent to start the season with the Chicago Sky. She goes back to her hometown there in Chicago and wins a title for the Chicago's. I wouldn't be surprised if she retires. 
I, I, I did a show on Candace Parker a few years ago when she struggled with the Sparks, but it wasn't because of her. I think the organization at that time was just in disarray and they were trying to find ways to win. They were in the playoffs and then something happened where the owner or the, or the coach or the GM of the team called out the Sparks and the fact they were being non-productive, that they were struggling against a lot of these teams that they were up against. And I forget the name of the woman that cursed them out, called them MFs and ends and a whole nine. She went in and then she got fired. And from that point on, I think Candace just became the dinosaur. Maybe, maybe not the dinosaur, but you, you get what I'm getting at. She became long in the tooth. I believe that her time in, 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 in Los Angeles was up. They didn't want to resign her contract. Maybe that she was asking for too much. But knowing with these ladies, they're not really asking for much. They just want to play basketball. If there's one thing I can say about the WNBA is that these ladies are not necessarily playing for money. They'll play overseas and earn their cash. But when they're over here in the States, they do it for the love of their fans, love of the family, for the people that have been following for years. This is why they play basketball. And for Candace Parker and for a number of women that play overseas and come back over here and play for about four months here in the States, it was extraordinary to see how Chicago found their way through the playoffs to, to be playing in the NBA, WNBA finals, excuse me, and to take on a strong, ferocious team like the Phoenix Mercury. For those of anything about Phoenix, they're led by Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. Shout out to those ladies. They're strong. They just won a uh, gold medal out there in Tokyo. Same ladies. So the ladies go out there, win a gold medal. They come back and they're in the finals. And they had Skylar Diggins handling the ball. Skylar Diggins-Smith. Excuse me, I get the the name right. Got to get that name right. But that team, (laughs) that that awesome Phoenix team, I, I really thought it would go five. Chicago found a way to go four. They win the championship. And again, shout out to Candace Parker. I wouldn't be surprised if she retires because she had, she has put in some time in women's basketball. But even if she doesn't, kudos to her. She played strong, finished with 16 points, 13 boards for that team. Her second champion. I can't believe this is only her second championship. But she did an extraordinary job again with the sky. Got to also show some love to Allie Quigley, who scored 26 points. She had the high points for that game four Courtney Vandersloot Vandersloot had an extraordinary season an extraordinary season uh, uh, sorry extraordinary series against the Phoenix Mercury she scores 10 points in the final game and I gotta show mad love to Kalea Copper Kalea Copper I hope I said your name right ma'am I'm so sorry if I didn't but I'm pretty sure it's Kalea or Kalea Copper from Rutgers University, who is the finals MVP for this team. She averaged 17 points, five and a half boards, and a little under assist for this series against Phoenix. This was excellent. This was excellent for the WNBA. It's excellent for the image, excellent for the fan base that they're trying to build up. And again, these ladies, are, are I won't say they're playing for peanuts. But if you could think about how much these ladies get paid overseas, it's nothing in comparison to how it is here in the States. I do believe these women earn 
should earn and deserve a little bit more than what they're getting right now. But I think this is why they need to televise these games more. I, ESPN has been so worthy of, of showing basketball, men's and women's basketball, but we have to have better outlets to make sure that there's more fan people or more of a fan base for these teams, for these people that enjoy basketball, for the ladies that want to see more basketball and have daughters and nieces that may want to see more basketball. This is what it's all about. And I'm glad to see that they finished on a high note again. Congratulations to the Chicago Sky. I'm going to transition from that to the NFL. Week six again is in the books. I just told you that Tennessee just defeated the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know if I don't know if what I'm seeing now in the NFL is a microcosm of what the season should really be for a lot of these teams. A lot of teams I have predicted to be big time this year. I thought they would have great seasons. And I know it's only been six weeks, but you kind of see the handwriting on the wall now as to where these teams are in position to go. You see the direction that they're heading in. And it bothers me. You know why it bothers the commission? I'll tell you why it bothers the commission. I'm going to let you know why. Because I can't tell if these contenders, these so-called contenders, are truly contenders. I'm going to do a segment every Monday night called Two-A-Days. And what I'm going to do is concentrate on two teams on the winning side and the losing side to kind of break down and analyze where we are moving forward. Because now that we're into week six, these are when the bye weeks start. Now, a lot of teams will be on buys from this point moving forward until, I believe, week 14 or 15 of the season. So I want to do two-a-days, the commission's two-a-days on Monday nights, where I kind of discuss some of the teams that did a great job and teams that did a horrible job, terrible job for those weeks that we're talking football. So with that being said, let me just say one more time that I am the commission. You are listening to the Kneel Down podcast. And so I begin by talking about two of the best teams for week six, two teams that stood out of my mind. I said, gosh, those teams are going to go far. Those teams could actually make a run in the playoffs. Should the playoffs start today? Mind you, we're just six games in. But the if the playoffs were to start today, Baltimore Ravens stand up. Stand the blankety blank up. I don't talk about you guys enough this season. Shout out to my peoples out there in Baltimore. You know who you are. Shout out to Baltimore County and Arundel County. Shout out to some peoples out there in Glen Burnie, Upper Marlboro. Listen, I know where you guys are. I know who you is. You should be happy to see that the Baltimore Ravens are doing work there in the AFC North. I told you before, the AFC North is nothing to sneeze at. I still think they are the best division in the NFL. Not too far behind is the AFC West fall behind the NFC West. Those are my top three divisions. There's eight of them. For those that don't know, there's eight divisions. But those three divisions, I'm looking at every week because they have the best 
talented players on those particular teams in those divisions. And when you're thinking about the best talented players, you're thinking about Lamar Jackson, number eight quarterback for the Ravens. The man I want to say is just people do not give this man enough credit. He wins NFL MVP back in 2019. He's on track to do the same thing again. He's had two games over the last several days within a week of itself where he had two games of which this team scores over 30 plus points. He wins the Monday night game against Indianapolis from coming back from behind. He went in overtime and then they win a pivotal game. I feel the pivotal game against the potentially highly favored team in the AFC West with the Los Angeles Chargers. Go Chargers, go. And <laughs> what happened to the Chargers? The, the, the Chargers did an extraordinary job with the, with, the, with the Cleveland Browns week before by putting up 47 points. They fly out to Baltimore and can only put up six measly points against the Ravens. Is it defense? Can we say that the Ravens' defense is one of the top defenses in the NFL? Where would I place this defense? I'd probably say top 10, given that their record shows that they're 4-2. and two. The defense has as much to do about this as Lamar Jackson and that offense. Lamar Jackson can find his boy Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, and some other guys he can throw to now. And people can just take away the fact that all he could do is run the ball. I talked about Lamar Jackson a few weeks ago on this podcast, and I made it clear to those naysayers then. This is not about a man that doesn't know how to throw the ball. This is a man that throws second. He runs first, throws second. And it's not every play. If the play breaks down right before his eyes, what do you expect Lamar Jackson to do? It's instinctive. This man will take off in a moment's notice and he'll scramble for 10 yards a pop, 8 yards a pop, 7 yards a pop, 12 yards a pop. You can't stop him. And I remember <laughs> I remember the dialogue that, that went on prior to the start of the season. And everybody, well, not everybody, it was one particular network that swore up and down that they had teams out there that could slow down Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. The only person that can slow down Lamar Jackson is John Harbaugh, and he is the coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Otherwise, that man is running all over the place. Outstanding year. I would actually say that Lamar Jackson should be in the hunt for NFL MVP again. I don't have the stats in front of me, but the main stat that matters right now is four and two and sitting on top of the world there in the AFC North with Cincinnati not far behind. I'll touch on Cincinnati in a second. But the second best team from week six, we can make a gamble of a number of teams that stood out. And I want to concentrate on one team that I did not show any love for. And it has to be the Arizona Cardinals. They, I, I Listen, every week I'm down in the Arizona Cardinals. This is, this is the commish being uh, upfront and honest right now. This is, this is the commish uh, actually humbling himself right now for all the wrong sayings and, 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 and downing of, of the Arizona Cardinals, I downed the coat, I downed Kyler Murray, that dude is too short, 
He don't know what he's doing. This dude is running around in circles. I've had everything said about Kyler Murray, and now I'm taking it all back. The way that they played against Cleveland at Cleveland was sensational. It was magnificent. I don't remember the final score, but I know they put up 30-something points. I can't remember everything about what Kyler Murray did. I know that man threw for, I believe, three touchdowns. And Kyler Murray does it almost as if he struggles to throw the ball or he struggles to find his receivers. And he finds a way to connect. He finds a way to win this game for this team. And it's not just Kyler Murray. And it's not just DeAndre Hopkins. And it's not just Chase Edmonds and James Conner. It's still the fact that that defense comes to life. That defense is extraordinary. That defense is amazing. Amazing. C- can we compare Arizona's defense to a Baltimore's defense? Maybe even a Dallas's defense? Sure. Sure. For what they did to Cleveland and how they played against Cleveland, Cleveland only put up 14 points. And, and mind you, Cleveland was supposed to be the most complete team going into this season. But outside of them being riddled by injuries, let's just say that Baker Mayfield has a long road ahead of him. I would not be shocked if I tell you right now that the man would be franchised. I don't think they've restructured his contract yet. Now, if they decide they want to restructure his contract and give him an extra few years, fine. Because that would be up to the, the, the organization to do so. It would be up to the GM. I believe his name is Andrew Barry that wants to do something like that. That would be up to him. And, you know, if, if you're trying to ride the train this, this Baker Mayfield train and say, well, this is our man moving forward. Kudos to you. Salute. God bless. Because from what I see out of Baker Mayfield, he looks like a person that just does not know what to do with himself in the pocket. It's almost like if Baker really wanted to run and he's telling himself, I'm not running. It's almost like he can see everybody else scrambling and Baker saying to himself, I'm not going to scramble. I'm going to do my best to connect with my receivers. The problem is he's not. He's not. He struggles to connect with OBJ. He he struggles to connect with his tight ends. This is a Baker Mayfield you don't want to see now. Or maybe you do, depending on the, the, the perspective you're talking about. Because Baker does have time to improve. It's just the fact that in that division of the AFC North, guess who's on their tail? As a matter of fact, guess who's already passed them in the division? The Cincinnati Bengals. Who they? Who they? Cincinnati Bengals, who they be? Oh my goodness. They're passing the Cleveland Browns. They are a game behind the Baltimore Ravens. And I had the, the Cincinnati Bengals in the basement. But back to Arizona. I digress on those guys, but it's just amazing how I'm watching this game. And I just knew this was the game they're going to struggle. And these guys are 6-0. The only undefeated team going into week 7. That says a lot. That says a whole heck of a lot for a team in that division of what you have the Los Angeles Rams. You have the San Francisco 49ers and a struggling Seattle Seahawks team that could still be deadly. Arizona still find a way to win. Congratulations to the Arizona Cardinals. Those are two teams for my two-a-days I want to concentrate on for this week. There's other teams that did well. Shout out to Dallas. Shout out to Green Bay. 
winning four straight, I believe, or five straight now. They 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 they, they laid the smackdown on Chicago. I don't know how it is. And you heard what Aaron Rodgers said, I own you. <laughs> I own you. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron Rodgers. Do you, man. I, I get it. I get it. This is a rivalry you don't want to take lightly. And he had to make that known right there in Chicago. I own you. <laughs> and he sure does. It's amazing what Aaron Rodgers could do against just one team in the, in the, in the division. But now I'm going to transition to the two teams right now that if I would look at them in their face right now, outside of shaking my head left and right, I got red flags lined up somewhere in the back of my closet. I'm going to start pulling. You, you see that thing now on Twitter? Everybody's throwing up red flags. Well, I got two teams right now we should call red flags on. And I'm going to start with the Washington football team. You were in the playoffs last year, man. Yeah, you're my team. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dog you. I'm gonna ride you. Because why are we struggling watching these games of which you're up at halftime by three against Kansas City? You got Kansas City in the bag, and you can't find a way to seal the deal. You can't find a way to, to find plays for Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke to, to play a better game than that. You mean to tell me that we can't run the ball? on a team that has one of the worst run defenses in the league? You mean to tell me the running game was not an option? What's the problem? Antonio Gibson, you didn't want to give him the ball? J.D. or J.D. McKissick, you didn't want to give him the ball? So you mean to tell me there was nobody on that bench that could have ran that ball for at least 50, 60 yards a pop? Whatever the case might have been. They looked horrible. Terrible. I'm embarrassed to even call my favorite team because they did not play like a team that wanted to win that game. They wanted to give Kansas City the love and the credit to say, you know what? We know you're a good team. We know you were in the Super Bowl last year. You guys can just have this game in spite of the fact that we're honoring Sean Taylor. If you're winning this game, it's because of Sean Taylor because that's what Sean Taylor would have wanted. God rest his soul. Why was this such a struggle for the Washington football team? Who do you blame? I'm looking at Scott Turner crazy. Cross-side to the side, upside down. I don't understand you, Scott Turner. Why is it hard to find plays that work for this offense? It's not a bad offense. But for some reason, they cannot commit and converse on third downs. And then you leave it up to that defense to go out there and win the game for you. They can't do that. These guys are working and playing on fumes. You expect Chase Young to run down everybody? I mean, come on, man. This, this, is, this is horrible. Horrible. Horrible football right now. No reason why they should be two and four. No reason for that. I think they could be as competitive as Dallas. But I know there's a lot of people out there that say different. But I'm the commissioner. This is my show. I'm going to tell you right now. Washington football team needs to wake the blankety blank up. And another team needs to wake the blankety 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 blank up is the Miami Dolphins. You fools lose five straight? Did that, did, 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 did that, was that right? Five straight? Your only, your only win came week one and you barely won that game against the Patriots. That's nothing to brag about. That was a game that New England could have won. And without digressing on the Patriots, I'm not proud of how these guys have executed on offense as well. Tua gets hurt. Tungavailoa gets hurt. 
and we can't figure out what to do with ourselves on offense. And then you look at the defense side of the ball, they are non-existent. These guys get shellacked by Buffalo, and you got to play them again. These guys put up 35 points, and you guys could not find one point to put up on Buffalo. Shame on that organization. Shame on Coach Flores. And I like Coach Flores. I spoke high about Coach Flores just this time last year. Six games in, they were at 500. Looking at a bye week before they were going to bring in Tua Tungavailoa. And I gave him praise because I thought this was his time to shine, meaning Tua. And I would I would have thought maybe they would have done the same thing there in, in, in London. But in spite of how well Tua did play, the rest of the team, the rest of the defense, or maybe the offense, didn't show. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out why. You're not a bad team, even though you're playing poorly right now. I thought that they would be more competitive with Tua and having Jalen Waddle picked up and with Gesicki supposed to be one of Tua's favorite targets. They look abysmal. And it's it's a shame. This is a Miami team that if anything should happen to them moving forward, even if they get Deshaun Watson, I know who may not be there. Flores himself. So I I, I want I don't want to say he's on the hot seat, but for that Miami organization is trying to find their identity there in that division, that's practically wide open. You gotta get your act together. This is just ridiculous football. I'm not proud of it. Five straight is nothing to be smiling about. We got to do some work out there. So says the commission. Got to do some work. I know I can talk about other bad teams, but those two teams stood out the most. I know Chicago got their butts handed to them. And I know that Seattle struggled without Russell Wilson. So I'm not going to really go deep into those teams. But for the teams that I saw do poorly this past weekend, we got to get our act together. And I, I'm speaking as a fan. I'm not necessarily speaking as a host of this show. I'm speaking as a fan to say, I want to see better football out these guys. Because that's what I thats what I thought. This is what I predicted going into this season. I would see a little bit uh, more out of Miami. I thought I would see a little bit more out of Washington and others. And that's not the case. Thank God it's only week six and not week 16. Who's to say what would become of that at that time? So says the commish. You know, I'm, I wish I could go on and on about this, but I'm going to cut it short right now because I got to get ready for the NBA. The NBA kicks off in a few days, in less than 48 hours. I know there's some out there that are dying to see what's going to happen with their teams. I did do a few shows regarding the upcoming, upcoming season, excuse me, of the NBA. Of course, you can find that on Spotify as well. Between Apple, Google, Spotify, and a slew of other networks, you should be able to find my podcast while I talk about both NFL, NBA, and other things in between. I just don't talk about football and basketball. I talk about whatever I want to talk about because this is the Kneel Down podcast, and you have been listening to the commission. I want to thank all those out there again. For listening to my show, keep in mind, I will be talking a little bit about baseball, too. I know we're going into the World Series within a few days. I see what's going on in baseball. Best believe I'm going to try to touch on that for one segment. Week seven starts in a few days. So let's reconvene and talk more about that then. Let me catch my breath. Maybe get some sleep. It's 
been a long day, but we made it through another weekend of football. It's great college football, too, but I won't digress on that as well. I'm just going to say peace and love to all those out there. Please stay safe. It's getting chilly out there. Fall is upon us. Stay safe. Get vaccinated, people. Please do so. It means a lot. Get vaccinated. And I'm out. <laughs>